Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode of Overpowering Emotions, where I talk all things big emotions, emotion regulation, anxiety. I am in the back to school series, which is actually, there's a lot of things in here. It doesn't matter if it's back to school or anytime. These are really important things for our kiddos to learn. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about problem solving. I debated putting this episode here. I was going to go and wait until the school year started, although some kids probably have already started. I know I have a couple more weeks yet where I live, but perhaps for you. But if you're still in the summer, and even if you're not, I just wanted to make sure we're setting up opportunities to help our kiddos learn problem solving skills because they do need to have opportunities. It's not something we're just going to talk about. Problem solving, it's a critical skill that really empowers our kiddos to overcome challenges. It allows them to think critically. It helps them to navigate through life with confidence, no matter what life throws them. So that's why it's so important. And by teaching these problem solving skills, we're equipping our kiddos with the tools that they need to obviously analyze solutions to make informed decisions. And so I'm just going to be digging into a little bit first about the importance of these problem solving skills. And then I'm going to explore some of the practical strategies that we can help our kiddos to learn these skills. So we're going to teach them. Now, again, I'm just going to quickly highlight the key benefits of building these skills. There's so many essential ones out there that, you know, um, I could probably talk for weeks and weeks and weeks about this. Um, so I'll talk about some of the key ones. First, of, of course, problem solving is an essential part for our kiddos' development and holistically for looking at their full development. Like I said, it really fosters those critical thinking abilities, getting them to analyze the different situations, different solutions. They're evaluating the information at hand. They're making sort of informed judgments, informed decisions. Those skills all lay the foundation for effective informed decision making that's going to be important throughout their lives because they have to learn all, how do I consider all of the information, all of the different factors? How do I weigh out those options? How do I assess potential outcomes? That's a key skill that a lot of our kids don't have in teenagers and young adults, right? They can be really difficult. Um, problem solving also encourages kiddos to approach challenges with a growth mindset. It helps develop resilience. They're learning from their setbacks and from their mistakes. It's building confidence. It's, it's, it's building their confidence, especially in their ability to find solutions and to figure it out themselves and persisting in their efforts to do so. Actually, in saying that just last night, my daughter, my husband and I were actually doing a podcast episode on the need to think critically. And I was saying how parents often rob our children of opportunities to think for themselves. And just last night, my daughter was doing laundry. There was sheets in the dryer. And so she came coming, running upstairs because our stuff is in the basement, running upstairs, mom, there's sheets in the dryer. There's nowhere to put them. There's no room on top. So she was thinking at least, what could I do? I, I know I can't put them on the floor. Where do I put them? And so I'm like, okay, think kiddo, what are some of your options? Well, there's no room on top. Okay. So what are some other options? Her dad, unfortunately, right after we just talked about critical thinking and giving our kiddos opportunities to think for themselves, he jumped in with a couple of solutions. But we, that was such a simple thing. I was shocked that she even came upstairs in the first place because I'm always talking about problem solve, figuring things out, right? But then they get caught in a, and I think there's a little bit of anxiety there too, because I don't want to get in trouble. Probably she's put stuff on the floor before and has gotten, you know, in trouble about it. So 
we want to make sure that we're giving them those opportunities and to learn from their mistakes. So she's learned, I can't put the sheets on the floor. So it doesn't have to be big ticket things. Obviously, in life, there are going to be big ticket things. Should I stay in the job that I'm at or should I leave? Which job should I choose? Should I stay in this relationship or leave? Which relationship should I choose? What house should we buy? I mean, there's going to be life big altering sort of decisions later on, but we can start with just the day-to-day things. So we're equipping our kiddos with problem-solving skills. And when they have those skills, they are adaptable because they can navigate unexpected situations, even where it's just starting from something that seems so simplistic. I wasn't expecting something to already be in the dryer when I go to put my own clothes in the dryer, right? So obviously, they're going to get more complex and and really (laughs) um, weighing a lot more emotions in it and probably bigger consequences than whether or not, you know, I put the sheets on the floor, but that just gives you an example. It navigate, they can navigate those unexpected situations. They can navigate more complex situations as they get older and find alternative solutions. So they're learning to embrace any change in the unexpected, which creates a lot of overwhelm and stress and anxiety with confidence rather than freaking out. So this is really allowing that cognitive flexibility. That flexibility is so important. It prepares them for an ever-changing world and the world changes so much. I mean, just think of pre-COVID to now, even if COVID wasn't happening, I mean, there's so much changing all the time. So cognitive flexibility, that is a core skill that they need to learn when we're looking at core skills for resilience. That's a huge one, right? And and learning to manage anxiety, that, that cognitive flexibility is so important. So on that note, I mean, definitely check out my workshops. I talk about these core skills that kiddos need to learn to manage all of their emotions. And I have one upcoming in the fall. And I'll put all that information in the show notes for you as well. Creative thinking is important as well. Problem solving encourages kiddos to think outside the box. So that's what fosters their creativity. It fosters innovation in their approach to challenges. Problem solving also empowers our kiddos to tackle any obstacles independently. It fosters a sense of self-reliance and autonomy. It helps them navigate social situations as well and really promote some of those leadership qualities that we want in our kiddos. Problem solving skills facilitate effective communication. That enables our kiddos to express themselves, express their ideas, express how they're feeling. That helps emotion regulation, right? But that effective communication also helps them learn how to listen actively. How do I collaborate with others? How do we find collective solutions, right? And that's important. Those are skills that are important for empathy and relationship building. So there's a lot of benefits. Those are just a few of the key ones that really affect our kiddos that we see from day to day. I want to focus more time, though, on teaching problem-solving skills because it really does require a very explicit, systematic, supportive approach. And so, again, we're being as explicit as possible and we're using a problem-solving framework There is something like the classic polka that can be helpful. And especially if you haven't had experience teaching kiddos different frameworks, and that's what a lot of our kiddos need, whatever it is, are frameworks of how to navigate the world. And so the polka is just one framework that we could use specifically here for problem solving. So polka stands for problem, options, let's try, check, and act. 
It's a simple, effective approach to guide kiddos through problem-solving situations. And so I just like using acronyms. It just helps us try to remember from one step to next. So the first problem, of course, is to identify and define what the problem is. So we're encouraging kiddos to clearly, clearly identify the problem that they're facing. I have a lot of teens who will address common social conflicts, for example. And so, you know, they might face... Um, well, there's so many things, anything that you're doing with a teenager, you could use any of those common things. So maybe I'm just going to work through um, a case example just to give you examples. So we're going to have Alex, who's having trouble with their best friend, Sam. Alex feels that Sam has been ignoring him and spending more time with a new group of friends. I see this all the time, right? It's like, oh, no, I didn't see them at lunch. I don't know. They're hanging out with other kids. So um, their friend, um, Sam, is hanging out with other friends. So the situation is causing a lot of hurt feelings for Alex and it's straining their friendship. So, you know, when we're looking, we would sit Alex down and have him express his feelings and concerns about the situation. We're not jumping in or fixing because this is their problem solving opportunity, right? So we are empathizing. We're reflecting. We're making sure that he knows we understand. Then we're going to have him define the problem in his own words. So incorporating those feelings can be helpful if you've got a little script guideline that can be helpful too. So I feel upset and hurt because I think Sam's ignoring me and hanging out with other friends instead, for example. So we want to teach our kiddos to break down complex issues. And this is a complex one into manageable components. And we're going to be asking relevant questions to help us gain a deeper understanding of the situation. So in this case with Alex, maybe we'll help Alex identify the key components of the of that conflict. So key components would, of course, include our emotions and feelings. We want to understand Alex's emotions and how and how they've been affected by this conflict. So we're going to be asking a lot of open-ended sort of Socratic questions to help him really start thinking and processing about the problem and getting a little bit deeper. Asking, how do you feel when you think Sam is ignoring you? How do you feel when you see Sam hanging out at lunch with these other friends? How has this situation impacted your mood and behavior, right? So we can just be asking that quite out front. And it is helpful to have that script because then they feel they know that we're working through this together. It's not us peppering them with all these questions, right? We're not interrogating them. They're not in trouble. We're not doing that. We are supporting them through this process. Another piece would be analyzing the changes in their friendship as well, right? As he, as Alex is noticing the friendship changes. So we could ask questions like, what are some of the specific instances where you felt that Sam was ignoring you? Tell me about some of those. Um, tell me about recent events that might've contributed to the changes in your friendships. What have you noticed that could be changing here, right? It could be something that they had a fight. Maybe it's just all of a sudden, you know, a grade 12 is paying attention to them and, you know, he's just excited and caught up in the grade 12. I don't know what it is, right? So we're going to look at that. I'd also explore how communication has played a role in the conflict as well. So we could be asking questions about, um, have you talked to Sam about your feelings? How do you normally talk about stuff like this, right? How do you talk about easy, everyday sort of things? How do you talk about some of the harder things? How do you talk about your friendship? And what changes have you noticed recently, 
maybe they've never had these conversations. I'd be shocked, actually, if any child or teenager actually has had these conversations. But we could look at those types of things. We could also discuss the new group of friends that Sam's spending time with, right? So we could ask, what do you know about these new people that Sam's hanging out with? How did Sam get to know them? What could be some of the reasons why Sam is spending more time with them? So we're encouraging Alex to share his thoughts and feelings openly. We're digging a little bit more just to try to understand the full context, right? We're looking at all of the contributing factors, all of the changes, the things that Alex has been noticing. So we're always focusing on asking open-ended questions. That's going to help them keep their mind open. If you keep saying, do you, you know, or yes, can you tell me yes, no questions, it's going to be us leading them, it's going to be very narrow. We're probably not going to get the full rich story that we want. So open-ended questions, tell me about what have you noticed? You know, what happened? And so then we're really allowing them to express themselves fully. So, so tell me about how you and Sam used to spend time together before you noticed this change. What, what have you noticed that's changed? What do you think might've triggered this change in your friendship? right? How would you like your friendship with Sam to be in the future? So all of these things are really important, but be to be successful, like I said, we really need to practice that active listening, right? We have to show empathy towards our kiddos' feelings. We're reflecting back what they share. We're demonstrating that we understand their perspective. That's so important. We do not want to jump in to make them feel better. We do not want to jump in to take away any discomfort. That's not helping the emotion regulation. And definitely we're not jumping in to problem solve or fixing it for them. This is us building the problem solving skill. Now, if this is too hard of a topic, because this is a big one that they might shut down, maybe you start with a small one. Okay, I see that you're... I, oh, well, my daughter, actually, she's driving now. I'm just trying to think of an example. But my daughter, she can't, I don't know the whole story, but she can't close the door unless she's got like the door handle on the inside open. But the window has to also be down a little bit because it won't close if the window's all the way up. I don't know, something like that. So this is a concrete thing that's not emotionally, maybe it's a little bit frustrating, but that could be an example of something that I would sit down with her to problem solve. Maybe it's about, I'm a hung, I'm hungry and I don't know what to eat. Well, let's go through this exercise. I'm just showing you how you can take another problem, anything that's not so emotionally charged, if they're having a hard time doing these emotionally charged ones. I just wanted to show you an example of where we can get to that is a little bit more complex, right? So if Alex said something like, you know, I feel that Sam doesn't care about our friendship anymore, we could reflect back something like, wow, you're really feeling hurt because Sam's not valuing your friendship as much as you are or as much as he did before, right? That would be an example of reflecting back. Or if you've heard me in previous episodes where I've talked about adjective, we can reflect back with an adjective. Dude, that sucks. That's all we need to say, right? We don't want to try to fix anything too. Like if he says, you know, he doesn't want to be friend. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. 
right? We don't want to jump in. No, 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 no. Look at all of these friends or we love you. And but like, it's just one situation. No, we are now jumping in. We've shut their brain down. None of that is helpful. Even though we're trying to be helpful, they're not learning to tolerate the emotions, which I'm going to be getting into in pre in, in subsequent episodes, but it's, that's not going to be helpful. Okay. So we want to make sure we're just ref- reflecting back. Dude, that sucks. That's hard to feel like nobody likes you right? We're just going to sit with them. And if you're not sure, just give them the space. That's okay. Now, another component that we want to consider too, is the possibility of misunderstandings that could have led to the conflict. Now we're not blaming. We got to be very careful, especially with children and teens and young adults. We are definitely not blaming, but we want to ask some of those open-ended questions to explore different angles. So it could be, what are some potential misunderstandings or miscommunications between you and Sam? right? What could Sam be going through right now that could be affecting his behavior? What do you think is going on his side, right? So we ask these questions to help them gain a deep understanding of the situation, not just the first automatic thought that comes like, he doesn't like me anymore, right? Whatever it is, or I said something, or he's being a jerk because I didn't lend him my phone that day or whatever it is, right? It's really getting that deep understanding of the situation. When they have that understanding, then we can move on to the next step. And now we're going to generate different different options of how we're going to handle this. We want our kids to brainstorm as many possible solutions, right? We can throw in ideas, but we want to make sure that we aren't judging any of the options, especially the ones that they're throwing in. Okay. So we want to really encourage creative thinking because there are usually so many ideas way beyond what we could ever come up with initially. Right. And so the minute we say, well, no, like think about this, or "Uh, I don't know about that, or he might be mad, or do you really want to throw away your friendship? Like any of that kind of jumping in is not helpful. I'd write down absolutely everything. Even if your kiddo says something totally ridiculous, no direct advice. Instead, we're going to guide them to come up with their their own ideas or for more ideas. So with Alex, I'd ask again, open-ended questions, right? How do you think you could approach Sam to talk about your feelings or how to, how would you approach him to talk about the situation? What are some ways to rebuild the friendship? What are some ways to spend more time together, right? And so let's get some potential options. Maybe I'm going to go and text Sam that I want to talk to him and talk to him about how I feel. Maybe I'm going to find new friends to hang out with. Maybe I'm going to ask a mutual friend that Sam and I have, you know, to maybe reach out to Sam and see how he's feeling and, or, you know, ask, do some probing questions. So we want to get as many ideas as possible. We can throw out ideas as well. I would usually, depending on the age of the kiddos, actually, even if they're younger, I would ask them, I've got some ideas as well. What do you think? To further enhance those problem-solving skills, um, you could consider role-playing different scenarios. Younger kids would probably enjoy that more than teenagers. But in this case, I actually would. I would say, okay, once we have our some ideas, which ones do you think, you know, you might want to try, let's, let's try it. What exactly would you say, right? So we're allowing Alex to practice communicating, communicating how he feels, communicating the situation and maybe different solutions, right? That can really help them build confidence for the actual conversation. 
So here we can discuss too, once we have a few options that seem viable that Alex, you know, is willing to try, I would get him to weigh out the pros and cons of those options as well. We got to do it anyway. That's part of the problem solving conflict, but here we can do that. So based on his possible solutions, I could ask things like, how do you think Sam might react if you go and talk to him? And if you talk about your feelings, or if you talk about more of a blamey, like you are spending more time, how do you think he's going to feel how you approach these? Um, What are the chances of finding new friends who share similar interests? Um, What do you think a friend would say? You know, if if you were to ask them to mediate the situation, right? What do you think they would say? How do you think Sam would feel if another friend was coming in to mediate the situation? So those are some examples. We want to consider all of the options that are viable and looking at all of the pros and cons. And then we're going to let Alex to, to decide which approach that he really wants to try first. So all of that, I forgot we we're doing this POCA, the framework. So in, in the POCA, it's the let's try step, right? Alex is exploring all of the different options and he's generating options. This is now O, okay, in the POCA. So we're identifying the problem. Now we're generating those options. This exploration really involves, like I said, evaluating the, evaluating the pros and cons of each option and deciding which approach they're going to try first. It's about making an informed decision. We don't know how it's going to go. And that's important with anxiety. We want to know for sure. So oftentimes we just avoid the situation completely and hope that it, you know, unfolds naturally on its own because we don't know how it's going to turn out, but this is part of what we need to do, right? So we're going to make as informed decision as we can based on our deep understanding of the problem and our understanding of the potential solutions of, of where we want to go. But then we got to see, right? There's going to be some experimentation. So you can see once we identify those key components of what the conflict is, and then asking those specific questions to gain insights into the situation, Alex is better equipped to make that informed decision how he wants to address this conflict. We might not like it. That's okay. It's not our process to go through. But with that understanding, it's going to influence his choice of which option he's going to take. Is he going to go and have a conversation with Sam to express his feelings? And then we're going to work towards resolving that conflict. Next in POCA is check. We're going to support our kiddos and putting their chosen options into action. So if Alex decides to talk to Sam, for example, I'd guide him to plan, you know, uh, what is he going to say? When is he going to say it? Choose an appropriate time and place to have the conversation. And I'd remind Alex to really listen actively to Sam's perspective as well. So maybe we're asking some open-ended questions about what are some things that are going to help support you to be successful? I'd encourage role-playing here as well, just to have some experience finding the right words. Like I said, after the conversation, I'd have Alex reflect on how did it go? What were any changes, right? What were changes in their friendship dynamics? So you could ask questions. How did it go? Right. How did it go? Um, How, tell me about feeling heard. Did you feel heard? I know that's a closed ended question, but I just want to see, you know, did you feel heard during the discussion and what made you feel heard or what made you feel shut down? What did you learn from this experience? That's so important. I'm always asking kids, what did you learn and how would you handle a similar situation in the future? Right? So we're going to evaluate that piece. 
Now we're going to go to the last step of POCA, which is act. And depending on the outcome of the conversation, I'd help Alex consider the next steps. If the conflict is resolved, they might plan something fun to do, right? We're going to strengthen the friendship. However, if that conflict persists, we're going to help Alex brainstorm alternative solutions. So we're going to ask, what are other ways to approach the situation? Who else could be helpful in solving this conflict? What, you know... What other options are there? So we're going to, again, support Alex in implementing the generating options, choosing a solution, adapting it based on the situation that we've already had. And again, reflecting on the process again, that's so critical for learning, asking them what they learned. What did they like about this approach? What worked well? What could use some tweaking? Where did it fall flat on its face? How can we make the plan even better? How can we apply this problem-solving step again in the future? How can we apply what it is that you learned elsewhere? So we want to make sure we're focusing on that learning. And if that solution initially doesn't resolve the issue, again, we're, we're encouraging the kiddos to revisit this problem-solving process. Just because plan A didn't work doesn't mean plan B or C or even P won't work. They can generate new options, consider different approaches, continually evaluate the outcomes of their actions. Throughout the process, we're emphasizing that that importance of open communication, empathy, the understanding that's needed in resolving conflicts. We will, in this case, remind Alex that it's normal to face challenges in friendships. That's normal. And problem solving is a skill that can be honed in and practiced right? So that's really important. So we want to have our kids practice using this problem-solving framework regularly. So it becomes so habitual. With each new problem that they encounter, they're going to become way more proficient in analyzing situations, generating creative solutions, testing their ideas, making improvements based on the feedback. So that's all important for the growth mindset and everything else that I've talked about, thinking critically. So we need to remember as the adults to be patient in this process supportive throughout the process, especially in this scenario, if we're talking about emotionally charged situations, because resolving conflicts and building strong communication skills takes a lot of time and practice. Setbacks are expected, and we're here to help them navigate through the difficult situation. So if they decide, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell Sam, you have been ignoring me and you've been hanging out with these other friends and I don't appreciate it. I feel undervalued. We might be like, oh, that's not the way I would do it, right? Like, how do you think he's going to take it? Don't do that. Well, he's got to learn. Alex has got to learn that that's, you know, maybe not, maybe, who knows? Maybe it is the best approach. And Sam's like, oh, but I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it is. But they have to go and test it out themselves, right? We're also encouraging them to be resilient and resourceful because we're letting them work through this process and taking the final steps and putting that plan of action into the action themselves. If we keep jumping in, they're going to disengage from this. They're not going to do it and they're going to revert to avoidance. Okay. So I'm going to leave it there for today. There's so much that we can be thinking of, but truly teaching problem solving skills, it's an investment. It's so important. It's an investment in our kiddos' future, in their future success, in their future well-being, in every aspect of life. So by supporting them with developing these skills, we're empowering them to face any challenges that come their way head on. And that's what we want to do when we're building resilience. It's not avoiding and running away. It's head on. 
and I'm going to find effective solutions and I'm going to realize I have the capacity to do this. And with those problem solving skills as their foundation, they're poised for lifelong success. So we really need to start today. So I will leave it there. Thank you for joining me on this empowering journey to help kiddos be bold, courageous, and resilient. We want to remember that every challenge is a is an opportunity to grow stronger and wiser. And we're going to nurture their resilience. We're going to guide them to embrace their emotions, inspire them to stand tall in the face of adversity. And we're going to empower them to be unstoppable forces, right? Until next time, keep shining bright, enhancing the power of overpowering emotions. Thank you.